Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 60 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. Wow, George, you're my episode 60. <laughs> That's an anniversary. It is. It's, our, it's my 60th anniversary, I guess you could say. So guys, welcome George <laughs> Guggenin to the show. George, welcome. Yeah, hi, everybody. Nice to meet you. Guys, George is joining me all the way from Moscow right now, which is really far because I'm in LA and he has got such cool stuff to talk to us about. So just a little backstory, okay? Um, he's got a PhD in math models and economy. I don't even know what that would mean. He had the first federal scale online startup in Russia in 2008, personally presented to Vladimir Putin in 2009. Eight years of experience in automation at big fintech corps and e-commerce fintech is financial tech. Guys, for those of you who don't know, and an integrator CEO, executive board consultant. He's launched crypto projects. He works with blockchain. He's got so much going on and a bunch of words that even I don't understand. So I'm just going to let him explain it. George, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi. So tell us before you actually dive into the story, explain me a little bit more what you do um, because there's so much technical terminology here. Can you explain to us like, what do you actually do right now? Mm, my uh, core activity is meditating and uh, involving the people into some projects. <laughs> That's what I do most of the time. Got it. Okay, so you spend your time meditating and chatting with people. Works. What is yeah. it that actually gets done in your business? What does the business do? <laughs> Uh, first, uh, we print money. <laughs> I like uh, that. Okay. We could, <laughs> I could handle that. You know, when I was a kid, I saw an ad for this little money machine and I thought it was real and I knew I was going to be rich and I couldn't understand why no one else bought it. It was a little money printing machine. It must've been a gag gift, but like, I don't know, mm -hmm. I'm seven. I'm like, I'm rich. I'll print money. Yeah. So explain, yeah. what do you, mean you print money? <laughs> um, the cryptocurrency uh, revolution allowed a lot of people around the world to issue uh, the digital valuable stuff. Uh, which Blockchain, <laughs> you make money, literally. Oh, that is so cool. Okay, you need to explain this to everyone. Yeah. So um, even in the ancient Greece and in ancient Rome, uh, the Roman Empire, the... Uh, guys told that the human being is the measurement of all the values and if you drill it down to something uh, very easy um, as i always say like the human beings are the most productive um, entities on the planet earth because they consume uh, sugar and water and they produce buildings paintings art, uh, software, whatever. So uh, this is the most efficient uh, tool to produce value. And uh, during uh, the last century, central bankers are trying to um, tell people that, look guys, uh, 
banks are the only one who can uh, create value and create valuable things uh, and uh, the other guys are not but uh, uh, due to the decentralization to the blockchain technologies now everybody around the world if uh, they have something valuable for other people they can create a digital token describing like okay this is the drawing rights to this valuable stuff and uh, sell it or make a gift or exchange it for whatever and that's it that's how people can issue becoming uh, issuers of valuable things that that became becomes very easy at the moment Okay, but I think we could always say in any business, business is an exchange of value for value. So once you're creating and providing value, um, you have a value exchange, but that's not currency, right? Like your business is only currency, the person who takes it. Currency itself, money is that middleman that everyone universally accepts. You can't just go online and say, hey, I made SD coins. Everyone should now buy them. They're worth a lot of money because I made them. Um, people... Uh that, that, that's a very funny statement, but it is what it is. So I think that people, uh, in the human world, uh, the only thing is valuable is what's been valued by the people. Uh, so if people are valuing the golden bars, okay, they are becoming the currency or now people are valuing the Instagram followers amount. Okay, uh, now the Instagram followers amount is actually a currency because people can uh, sell it. <laughs> people can uh, sure. lend it and rent it for the brands, etc. So everything which is valued by a lot of people could be the asset, uh, the liquid asset, which could be easily exchangeable or splitable or uh, transferable to whatever point of the world. That makes sense. No, that's true. As soon as anything takes off or, or gets a certain, you know, mass adoption, right? There, there's value in the human interaction. That's fair. Um, but again, I still couldn't go out and make SD money tomorrow and, and have it be worth anything. So when you say <laughs> you print money, you're using um, is it blockchain technology to create Bitcoins? Is that what you're doing? Or is it something similar or different? Um, we have uh, created a, we have performed a token sale, an ICO in back in 2017. Uh, so we have raised $10 million uh, via the crowd sale. And uh, we have issued our tokens uh, the karma tokens uh, and we have just said like look guys uh, it's a token and it will allow you to have some benefits in our software that we will deliver uh, over the time and uh, this software will be valuable so you can support this project at the early stage and you uh, using this token uh, you will have uh, some discounts inside the app or you can pay some commissions or you have some access to the privileged uh, areas uh, of the app etc etc so it's like a future supply option for the software 
Oh, that's really uh, that's cool. What and what does the software do? So I'm just going to translate for, for our listeners, because I don't know if everyone is up on what that means. Guys, an ICO is an initial coin offering. Like an IPO is an initial stock offering. So an ICO is an initial coin offering. It means you took this thing public. Um, I would like to emphasize something very important here. Uh, so IPO usually means the issuance of the securities right. under the SEC, whatever, Act uh, uh 506 or or mm -hmm. 506d whatever and uh, um, what does it mean a security in terms of uh, the financial regulator it means that it, it is the obligation of the business entity uh, to pay interest rate to the owner of the bond or it's a um, uh, share of the business and uh, the guy who have bought the share is becoming a shareholder with all the rights. Uh, but in uh, terms of uh, the token sale, uh, the Karma token sale, for instance, uh, we have sold nor the bonds nor the uh, other type of securities. We have issued a uh, future supply options for the software. And it was all uh written down in our sla in our user agreement and all that stuff so it was basically not an uh, um a ipo in terms of uh, legal uh standpoint right. understand yeah no i i know that but it means that you are your own version meaning for people who don't understand the industry right so they've heard of bitcoin the type of cryptocurrency you have your own cryptocurrency yeah What's it That's called? Right. Karma. Karma. Cool. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go invest in Karma yep. now. And so Karma <laughs> gives you bonuses in a certain software. What's the software do? Yeah. Uh, the software is all about the peer-to-peer -peer lending. Mostly the borrowers are the small and medium enterprise owners, small businesses. Uh, and uh, the investors are just uh, the people from all across the world who want to invest in the SMEs because it's uh, the most profitable uh, type of business to invest because uh, the regular banks and financial institutions are avoiding uh, to provide a loan to the SME because of the uh, regulations of the central banks. That's why uh, SMEs are have to use the peer-to-peer -peer markets. Genius. And is the peer-to-peer -peer marketplace called Karma also? Does that have a different name? Yep. It's the so same Karma name. is the peer-to-peer -peer network and it's the currency that is a result of the transactions. Mm, not really. Not really. Uh, so Because I still try to wrap my brain around Bitcoin. So my understanding yeah. of Bitcoin yeah. is that blockchain technology where you know you're kind of stacking i guess different um assurances transactions in a certain way you complete a certain chain and it makes a coin um in a very general way yes like that i was trying to make it as general as possible yeah <laughs> i was trying to make a paint a picture <laughs> in my head i understand that the code and the technology behind this is extremely complicated um, but i was just trying to paint a picture yep Okay, does yours work the same way in a really general uh, way? Every blockchain in general is uh, a, just a, a ledger of some records. That's right. it. Transactional so just, ledger. Um, 
it's not it should not be only a transaction it should be a file it could be a file or uh, any type of information i hear any uh, type of record not just a transaction yeah, record. yeah. okay fair any enough. type of it's just a database which is copied multiple times on different computers all around the world and uh, which is uh, secured with some cryptography that's it very simple so uh, blockchain is a tool it's a technology which allows people to store data in a safe way uh, with multiple copies and with some additional encryption. Right. That's and it. it's in, decentralized as opposed to sticking all your stuff in a cloud and Amazon's cloud or Google's cloud in one spot. This is a decentralized mm -hmm. form of data storage. Uh, yes, it should be, but most of the so-called decentralized projects are not really decentralized, but it's uh, more into technology. Okay, fair enough. So I feel like you're obviously a super genius. How did you get started doing this? Oh, thank you. Um, we, uh, I don't remember, have I mentioned that my first business, um, I have started my first business when I was nine years old. It, oh, it was nice. very funny. <laughs> yeah. I was and 10. When I had my, You're, you oh. beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I've had, had my first profit, uh, it was just amazing for me. And I was uh, running through my house and like, look, mom, dad, I have my first uh, profits. And they were, what? And uh, it was an awesome experience for me. And uh, since then, I was uh, um, trying to make a lot of different ventures. And um, about uh, back in 2013, I have tried a lot to um, get a business loan for uh, to grow my enterprise. Uh, my company was profitable. It was all legal, all transparent. Taxes are paid and all that stuff. But uh, I have filed a request for a loan uh, into about four dozens of banks, and they have all uh, they have all uh, denied. Uh, most of them have even not responded to me. Oh wow! And a couple of them have uh, told me like, "Look, guy, uh, we have some regulations, and they are very strict, and uh, you have to provide a collateral." Uh, basically the real estate and the um, estimated value of that real estate should be uh, twice or triple more than the volume of the loan you That's want so to raise. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. so rude. And I, I, I was like, look guys, are you, uh, you're a bank or you're a pound shop or, or what? But they, I'm sorry, uh, the bank manager told me and that's just a regulation of a central bank. We can do uh, nothing with it. So um, that's why I, I was uh, uh, very interested. And I said, look, if there's uh, a huge problem for a lot of people, uh, the SMEs market is huge, uh, then if we can solve this problem, it could be a huge business opportunity. Uh, that's why in 2014, we have started our peer-to-peer uh, -peer, um, investments uh, for the SMEs. It was all manual, no blockchain at the moment, no automation, no software. Just we have created a template of contracts between investors uh, and the borrower. And uh, we were performing the scoring of the borrower also manually using some 
public and private databases. And, um, you know, it was uh, very interesting because it has grown very fast. We have uh, reached a turnover of $5 million uh, to 2017. Wow. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was a hobby uh, part time, so uh, we were very excited that yeah, just a it hobby, like no big deal. Just... <laughs> <laughs> what was the other business? What was the other business before Karma that, that you couldn't get the loan for that made you start Karma? What did it do? It was a software development company. Okay. Uh, yeah, software development. Uh, gotcha. and, okay, and then uh, you developed the software for Karma, and like as a hobby, it started turning over millions of dollars. <laughs> and you're like, hey, maybe this is a business. <laughs> yep. And, um, I love this. You really do print money in so many ways. That's amazing. That See, that should have been what it said on the bio. We need to rewrite that. Uh, George Guggenheim hope... prints money. That's what he does. Yeah. I hope the government officials will, um, <laughs> will like this. Um, I, see, I'm in America. I don't even think. like I, I feel like Mother Russia is, is maybe it's still there. I don't know. I have no idea, mm -hmm. but I feel like Google listens way more to everything everyone says, and so does Facebook. So if I'm afraid of anyone, it's them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Okay, so uh, you're doing it as a hobby, and you're like, hey, this thing's turning over a lot of money. It's working. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, maybe you can remember the first prototype of Airbnb, and it was an awful landing page, which was manually supported by the founders. Uh, but uh, the demand on the uh, rental flats in California in Bay Area was so huge. Uh, so the people just don't care. Uh, they were using the service as it, as it was <laughs> at the moment because they really do need some flat during the conference or during the hackathon or whatever. Uh, that's why I, I used to try the new hypothesis of new businesses uh, via just manual stuff and paperwork. And only if this uh, paperwork and manual process uh, is interesting for some clients and if it can generate some income, only then uh, we are starting to develop some software. Right. That's smart. I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. Okay. So we've got Karma. And uh, how have you promoted it? Because I searched online and like, I it only even showed up when I wrote like karma peer to peer. And then I found it. Um, how have people found it? Has it gone all word of mouth? What's, and it sounds like it's doing two things because it itself is peer to peer lending and it itself is generating a currency. Yeah. So um, back in 2017 at the early, like in January or February, I've met, uh, occasionally met some uh, blockchain evangelist. Uh, he was so freaking mad about the blockchain. And he, we were uh, intended to talk for half an hour, but we have spent four hours together. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day, he, uh, I have provided a pizza in a restaurant uh, and he has paid me via Ethereum. Uh, because uh, he was like, do you have an Ethereum wallet? I said, what? Uh, yeah, I don't know what okay, that is so either. Okay, you got to educate <laughs> us because I, I love learning about this, but I still don't fully understand how it works. So maybe today will be the day. An Ethereum mm -hmm. wallet is a digital wallet? Yeah, uh, Ethereum wallet is just an address. Well, it's like a uh, login and password. Uh, 
mm -hmm. like in every other, like in Facebook or Twitter. So you have a public address, which you can share to other people. It's your ID. Mm -hmm. uh, and also you have a private key, uh, which is like a password. That's it. And you can access uh, your wallet through the different applications, uh, I, uh, iOS, uh, Android, uh, browser, whatever, or even you can install some complex software. So there's a whole lot of different uh, type of ways to access your wallet in every blockchain. Uh, and that's it. And this wallet just stores the amount of currency of this blockchain, uh, in this case, Ethereum. It's very easy. It's just like a database when everybody has uh, a wallet and uh, their account and how many coins uh, uh, there are on, on this account. That's it. So each of these wallets sounds to me like a bank account, but it sounds like you need a different one with each bank. There's no one wallet where you can like, I could take my karmas and my Bitcoins if I had them and all of the other ones. No, the, each, each blockchain has its own um, database. And if you have some karma coins, you should uh, have to have wallet in karma blockchain and use karma app to access. Uh, if you have some Bitcoins, uh, you have to use the Bitcoin wallets. Uh, that's uh, kind of messy. That's why there's a lot of uh, multi-currency wallets uh, on the market, which allows users to manage all those different coins uh, in one app, make it more convenient. Got it. Oh, this is an entire world. So, okay, let's say I tell you to simplify this for me as much as possible. What would a lay person like myself, like any of our listeners, guys, sorry, I'm gonna just pretend you're as lay person as me here for a moment. What do we need to know about this technology so that we don't miss the boat? First, don't ever lend money to buy a crypto. Never, ever do this, please. Okay, good advice. Okay. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean, never lend money to buy a crypto? What does that mean? I mean, uh, I mean never borrow, never uh, get a loan. Oh, I mean, never, never get a loan. Okay, meaning yeah. never never get a loan to buy cryptocurrency because it's so unstable, you could easily lose the money, you won't be able to pay it back. Yeah, never borrow Got money, it. I'm sorry. Okay. Never borrow money to uh, buy a crypto because there were a huge amount of um, uh, use cases when people uh, dig into the reverse mortgage. So they have uh, collateralized their real estate to the bank to get some money. And then they have invested into the cryptocurrencies and uh, it was a disaster. Please never do this. Okay, that's really uh, good advice. And I heard also the markets went down in the past year. They dropped like a huge amount, all the cryptocurrencies um, for whatever reason. Yeah, because they were uh, huge. Uh, there was a huge overheat in 2017. Right, and, they were overvalued. Uh, yeah, they were truly overvalued in thousands of hundreds of times. Uh, and uh, what's going on today, just a correction uh, and nothing more. So, for instance, the uh, adequate price of Bitcoin is the price of electricity, which have been burned to pr produce this Bitcoin. That's it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, that's why... 3.5 or 400 uh, of uh, 4,000 of dollars is now the adequate price of Bitcoin.
Bitcoin because this is amount of money you have to burn for the electricity to uh, create new Bitcoin. And in, for instance, in 2012, the next year, uh, the Bitcoin algorithm will be uh, automatically switched to uh, more complex um, algorithm and uh, it will require twice more electricity to burn. Uh, then that means that the adequate price of Bitcoin in 2020 will be from seven to eight thousand dollars. That, that's it. That's the only organic and natural estimation of the Bitcoin price. Every that's other very fluctuation. Cool. I like that. Never anyone explain <laughs> yeah. it that way. No, that's very, very cool because that's really what it's made of. It's made of electricity. Yeah. What does electricity yeah. cost to produce this thing? Yeah, yeah so simple. I love that. <laughs> So would you say now is a, sorry, so we never borrow money to buy it. Um, would you say that since things are priced fairly now, does it make sense for people who haven't invested yet in cryptocurrency? Is it a good idea? Is it bad? Like, you know, the inside of the market. I've been so curious yeah. to like your inside take. Is this a good idea? Do you think it's maybe, again, I'm going to like ask you this, but it, it might be mean. Is this a fad? Right? Is this like, you know, like dot-com boom? Everyone's like, it's like a cryptocurrency boom and everyone's making their own coin. And, you know, I'm not trying to be mean because you make your own coin. Um, like, what, what do you really think being on the inside of this? What does this industry look like? Is it worth for people to invest? If they do have the money, if they don't have to borrow it. Uh, next uh, advice, I even told it to my, my mom and to my friends and uh, whatever people around. So um, put into the crypto as much money as you can put in the shredder machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so well said. <laughs> so, if you're willing to take the dollar and shred it, go ahead and invest it. That is great. So uh, treat, it, treat it like a lottery. Treat it like a lottery ticket. Fair. So uh, spend as much your money as uh, you will spend on the lottery or just throw it away from the window or shred it, whatever, you name it. Okay. I like that a lot. I mean, <laughs> it's such an unstable market. Definitely don't borrow money, but not even that. Like, it's like a lottery ticket. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But you know that you don't need that dollar or two or you wouldn't spend it on the lottery ticket. Yeah. So okay. those are the core advices for every uh, newbie uh, in, in this place. You have okay. to be very cautious uh, considering the, those rules. And, and what about um, not investing money? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. I was going to say, what if you don't invest money? So you print money. Could a lay person... Yeah. Again, so all joking aside um, about SD coin, but could a lay person come into this space and invest energy instead of money and get money from it still at this point? I know um, in the olden days you could. Is it still like that? Yeah, we call it a bounty, uh, like bounty hunters uh, and all that term. So um, a lot of projects are paying their tokens uh, for some work, for some PR, for spreading the news in the social media, for supporting the chat rooms, for... Uh, promoting the project, involving some users, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, people can uh, just earn uh, the coins for some uh, work, not to, to buy 
them. Well, that's cool. So they didn't have to figure out the technology or use their computer. They could use whatever assets they have, just getting the word out and they might be able to get free money. Yep. Which may or may not be worth anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a funny game. Yeah. I hear. Okay. That's very cool. What else? What else should someone know about this world right now? What else is like important information? I feel like it's so, again, this is one of those black boxes that's out there. Everyone like here, they hear cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, unless you're in it, it's so complicated to try to understand what is going on. So um, in, mostly as I see, it's my personal opinion, not legal advice or something. Um, as I see, uh, the only uh, reasonable usage of cryptocurrencies at the moment is uh, to, uh, to, uh, to manage the uh, huge cross-border commodity trade uh, deals, money transfers, and so on. So uh, if you are a, a cross-border commodity trader, like you're buying and selling coffee beans or oil and gas, grain, whatever. Um, there, it's a headache uh, to send a swift payment if you're not in US or, uh, or in the Europe or in the Japan because um, the fees, uh, the interbank fees are huge. For instance, uh, to send money from Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast to Paris is about 13%. Wow. Uh, Ouch. Yeah. That's more than yeah. most places charge in tax. Even like in LA where I am, that's more than tax. Yeah. That's uh, or from Nigeria to China is about seven or 8%. Wow. Uh, and some types uh, of transfers from Brazil to, uh, to the outside countries uh, can cost you up to 20 to 0% fee just to transfer money legally i mean uh, you're not it's not about trading drugs or selling people's organs or something it's about legal trading of yeah, yeah this is legal commodities trade. yeah uh, because of the double currency conversion through the u.s dollar because of the volatility of the currencies because of the swift is going to uh, slow and all that stuff um, that's why uh, some types of cryptocurrencies, we call them a stable coins. Uh, I mean, they have a stable value over time. Uh, they are very useful uh, to um, put them uh, and to use them in the huge cross-border transactions because Bitcoin is not so comfortable for the big cross-border transactions because you can send the $10 million worth of Bitcoin in the morning and uh, maybe you will receive $9 million worth mount in the evening at the other side. <laughs> that's not comfortable. No, that's, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Million, <laughs> billion dollars is a lot of money. So what, what are the stable currencies? Which are the ones that are stable that people can use for something like this? Uh, and one of our team members have recently been to the London conference about the stable coins and it was about uh, eight dozen of projects uh, regarding the stable coins but the, most of them have no product but uh, there are some uh, working like usdt which is tied to us dollar and uh, there's 
one tied to the IMF XDR, which is a stable index from the multi-currencies, etc. There are some euro coins, blah, blah, blah. So there are a lot of them, and mostly they are a depository receipt uh, from some legal entity. Like JP Morgan recently have issued their own coin, which is backed by the JP Morgan's assets. Uh, so it. it just, it's like a digital receipt that you have the drawing right uh, for $1 from the JP Morgan assets. That, that's, that's so simple. This, uh, but it's very easy to transfer. It's like a travel check, like American right, Express travel that. check. But you know what? I feel like that bothers me. You know why? Because everything that I've been hearing about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, it's the decentralization, it's the people taking back currency, and it sounds like all it is is a farce because it's the governments and the banks who have the only ability to make it actually usable. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, it just recently came to my head. Um, imagine the a medieval time when the people are uh, trying to cure the flu with the blood, uh, the cut out blood <laughs> from the veins, or people are trying to burn other people uh, because uh, the earth is not flat and, and all that stuff. And you are just appearing in the medieval times uh, from the future with an iPhone in your hand is like look guys an iPhone. Yeah, you're dead. And they look, <laughs> yeah, and they will burn you burn you with those witches who try to say that earth is uh, not uh, flat uh, so i think uh, we have the same now in the blockchain market so we are trying to go to the medieval and say look guys there's a decentralization what uh should we have to burn you now or tomorrow uh, <laughs> so people people are not ready for this it's it's a very hard to explain to the people i have spent uh, more than a year in russian parliament uh, we have created a special chamber and we have finally uh, passed uh, the approval for the new law of the wow. cryptocurrencies for the digital rights we have created along with the huge team but it takes uh, dozens of meetings uh, with the government officials uh, when we were trying to explain them uh, on a very basic level about what's going on and uh, why it is not scary, uh, why it could be beneficial for the people or for the government itself and all that stuff. So um, it's very hard to explain and people basically don't care about the decentralization mostly at the moment. So the only guys who do care are those guys who are having some issues with the cross-border transfers for the business because they do now suffer from the uh, existing centralized solutions because they could be banned, there are sanctions and trading wars and all of those limitations. Uh, um, that's why uh, the, this decentralization stuff is mostly interesting for the huge uh commodity dealers and traders or uh, investors got it okay that makes sense and everyone else is kind of just playing around it's more of a hobby yeah so right now it's a huge lab right everyone's just kind of trying to figure it out okay cool so a little bit more into your actual business so it's a software it does peer-to-peer -peer lending. You make your money where? On a percentage of it or on the fact that it creates coin? Like, where do you actually make money from this entity? 
Uh, it, we are making money uh, from the fees. Uh, so we charge fees for uh, from the borrower and from the investor. Uh, but now we have a promo, so we don't charge the fees just to attract more uh, users to the platform. Uh, and yes, in perspective, we will charge fees. Plus, uh, we will be able to to have an access to the huge pool of investors. And if we uh, will have our own projects to fund, uh, we will be able to list them uh, uh, on this platform and also will gain some uh, funds raised with our banks. Uh, that will be very comfortable. Well, that's cool. Okay, so then if you're not currently charging the fees, where is your, like, you still need money to run the business. You've got programmers, you've got, I'm sure, customer service reps. Like, where was it investors? Are you running it more startup style? Like there's money in here somewhere. Where is it? <laughs> so we have, uh, as, I, uh, already, as we've already discussed, uh, uh, Karma team have raised uh, $10 million uh, in 2017. Right. And uh, now we are using this budget to uh, start up. Uh, we have delivered the software. We have uh, delivered the legal frameworks, uh, and also we have uh, involved. We have started involving users, and we have started to uh, track in the funnel of uh, the marketing channels uh, and all that stuff. And now we are uh, searching for the uh, new investment round uh, to continue because, as you know. For instance, Amazon and Facebook and Google and all of those huge corporations, Tesla, uh, they have been not profitable for, uh, for a few years. Uh, because when you even have some profit, uh, you should have to choose, like, uh, will we burn it for the dividends or uh, should we reinvest uh, this into expanding uh, our uh, software or our project uh, uh, into the new markets. And uh, mostly it's more interesting to expand uh, the project and uh, to grow it faster. And uh, the investors are ready to wait for a year more, but they will gain a lot of more profits uh, after this year. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's total startup style. Um, I always try to explain to people, small business and startups are, or they play a different game, right? So in small business, all the money that you get goes in your pocket In startup, you get money in order to scale up, to be worth more money. So yeah. I don't need the business to earn money because people pay me just to run the thing for the potential that it will earn money. Yep. So that's what it is. Okay. I love it. So tell, tell me a current struggle. Cause I think so many people who are listening and, and there's so many people around the world who dream of this, right? A $10 million investment that they can then sit and, and build and not have to worry about making sure it's profitable and just build the thing that they want to bring to the world. What's Actually, no, I'm going to ask the question. I know everyone's thinking, how do you do the investment rounds before I ask you the current struggle? How did you do that? I think a lot of people want to know. How uh, did we, how have we done that $10 million round? Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah. Like, where did it come from? What did you do in order to get uh, it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we think 
that we have just won a lottery <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to be how to say uh, clear uh, because we don't think that it's 100% our um, our efforts that led uh, to this fundraiser uh, okay. no we um, one of my core feelings and uh, the goals I have uh, constantly repeating to the team uh, was uh, very uh, simple look guys I feel that there is a huge wave of this crypto hype and I feel that this wave uh, will stop in 2018 I don't know why, but I feel that the, the length of the wave should be one year maximum. So our goal is to do whatever it takes, but to finish the fundraising before the New Year's Eve of 2018. Uh, that's, uh, that's it. So I've just felt that there's a huge wave and everything is raising money no matter how do you package this, no matter how much mistakes uh, you are making, etc. So our fundraiser have been finished in the middle of uh, December 2017. So we have squeezed on the last wagon of the train. So we were just like, no, please. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like <laughs> slipping in just at that yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were squeezing in the last window uh, of this wagon. Uh, and uh, I felt that uh, very clearly. And uh, you know what? From January in 2018, all the crypto uh, become you know, falling down. Uh, and uh, it, it's still uh, on the bottom. Uh, and uh, that's it. So uh, my, uh, the, uh, to wrap it up, uh, my advice is to feel uh, the huge waves. And uh, because if we were uh, trying to make all uh, that we have made without a huge wave, uh, I think 90% that we haven't uh, succeed in this game. Uh, right, so the timing was so important. You came in at the peak of the wave when everyone's like, cryptocurrency, you're like, hey, look, here, I got this thing, cryptocurrency. Everyone's like, here, money, 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 money. And then like yeah. one month later, it would have been like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I believe uh, that uh, every year or every couple of years, there is some wave in the world or in your region. It was a tulip um you know, wave uh, back in the medieval uh it was a dot-com bubble then it was the big data uh, now it's blockchain something interesting will be the next year yeah i want to um, know what's next <laughs> you just have to meditate and feel the wave and that's what i do every day okay. fair tap tap into that which is bigger in the world i hear that i like that yeah because it helps you a lot and this, uh, it allows you to make mistakes. And it forgives you uh, for, uh, no matter how much mistakes uh, <laughs> you will make. Totally, totally. No, I, I agree with that. Um, that. That definitely ties into my world philosophy, God philosophy, spiritual philosophy, 100%. So, so where the business is at now, what would be a current 
struggle? Like, what are you currently dealing with? You did your round, it's running, it's growing. You don't even have to charge fees. You just get to build this thing. What are you currently dealing with in the business? Uh, you know, the most, uh, the hardest struggle is, uh, we call it a glass ceiling. Um, I mean, I'm female. I, I know all about glass ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I have the... No, I don't have a glass ceiling here. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Uh, so um, what does it mean? Uh, it's a common term for uh, the, the invisible uh, ceiling, um, the invisible wall of uh, the access to the mass media, to the PR, um, uh, like to the PR facilities. For, for instance, uh, Amazon, Google, Elon Musk, uh, and all of those fancy guys, they have bought uh, some media or they have a huge influence on them. And even if Elon Musk is just thinking about doing something and he's just tweeting out, uh, everybody is around like, oh, uh, Tesla is now going to do this or that. And in the in the people's mind it uh, turns uh, to be like uh, tesla has already done has almost already done all of this and they will launch this tomorrow or next week and uh, uh we're not going to do nothing uh, with it and this market is already uh taken by them blah blah blah, blah. so uh, but when you're not uh, Mark and not Elon, uh, not Jeff Bezos, uh, it's very hard to reach out the mass media uh, because uh, the uh, media outlets are have to cut the expenditures because they don't have too much profits now, and uh, they the journalists as a people, they have very limited capacity of uh, 24 hours in a day uh, and uh, they have a huge inflow of the information and it's very hard for them to sort it out uh, and that's why they just sort it, okay, it's Tesla or Amazon, not trash bin, etc, etc. So, um, even if you are trying to pay money or if you're trying to find some friends or uh, mates uh, in the media, it's still very, very hard to reach out uh, to the people. You have to do something very freaky or outstanding. For instance, uh, one of our successful PR campaigns have been uh, based on uh, our lawsuit to the top 10 crypto exchange. Oh, uh, yeah, that definitely sounds PR worthy. I, that definitely yeah. gets people's yeah. interest. <laughs> yeah. And the second one was uh, very scary for me. The second case was I was in Beijing in China and uh, I have been invited by some government officials. And uh, during uh, that time, it was in the middle of uh, 2018, uh, the cryptocurrency was totally under the pressure in China. Uh, the government officials in China were s s slamming into the conferences about the cryptocurrencies, and it was very hard. But in the middle of this time, I was in Beijing in the diplomatic official house, uh, 
I was uh, performing the presentation about the cryptocurrency uh, for the government officials from Hong Kong, China, and, and Russia and other countries, and central bankers of China, uh, they call it People's Bank, they are communists, uh, etc. And um, there was uh, some journalist from the uh, mass media uh, news uh, feed uh, it's like Reuters or Bloomberg but in Asia and uh, she have uh, asked me for a short interview and I have just provided of what's going on and uh, next night uh, suddenly uh, I have a lot of calls and text messages from my friends like look George you're on the front page of uh, hundreds of media outlets what's going on and I, I'm reading the article like uh, Russian Senator George Gugnin is telling that China has legalized the cryptocurrency. And I, like, <laughs> I have never said nothing like this. <laughs> oh no! But, uh, it was just. Wait, you know, are you a, are you a senator? No, I just. Oh, uh, okay. So that was also not true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. We never we never discussed that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I'm just a consultant to the Russian parliament. I'm not a senator, not a government official. So Gotcha. So they uh, confused that. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, it, it, so initial post was more or less close to what I've been said, but with each repost have uh, distorted the information. And uh, through those reposts, I've turned out to be a senator and I've turned out to be a guy that have legalized the cryptocurrencies in China but uh, I, I was so scared I was just uh, I was ready to blow my head off uh, to the wall because uh, I, I thought that I'm in the middle of Beijing and the cryptocurrencies are not legal at the moment and uh, the Beijing um, um, a government official could read those articles and I think that they will just jail me at the moment. I was Forever. very scared. Yeah, you'll never <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, I have been totally scared, but uh, thank God everything was okay. Um, and I have uh, a really interesting chat with the central bankers of uh, China. They're very smart guys and we have discussed a lot and since then they have significantly uh made some progress in terms of legal uh environment developing the legal environment in china the blockchain technologies uh, but uh that, that was the second case of a huge pr in mass media but the, it it was very scary i definitely could hear that i hear you i'm saying but pr is not PR is strategic element of marketing, just like any other element, right? Like anything that you could do in marketing, PR is just another black box you have to open. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all it is. It's knowing, um, we've had actually on this show, um, I think episode six, and we have her back for anniversary episodes, Ashley Crouch. So she specifically works with women, otherwise I'd set you up with her totally. Um, but she really breaks down. I'll send you the link to the episode. Guys, all of you listening, if you didn't listen yet, listen to Ashley's episode on six and also the anniversary episode. I think it was anniversary episode two, breaking down PR. It's a very straightforward process, what it looks like, how to create a pitch, how to create a headline, how to get interest, how to get people to write about you. It's really a, a strategic process. It's not just luck. 
PR is, people think PR is luck and your other ones were, or luck, but it's something you can do just the same as guesting on podcasts. There are people mm. who, who, but you have to be careful with PR because there are a lot of people who do it like it's still 1999 where, you know, they've got mass amounts of emails and they just blast out something to people and most of it gets completely ignored. So you just have to be careful who you bring in. I would tell you to learn it. I, I have a feeling you could learn anything. <laughs> I'm really not worried. I feel like you should just learn it. You won't even need to hire someone. Once you crack the code yourself, you could hire somebody just to, to execute it. Um, but it is something you can just execute. It involves finding the outlets you want to be in, figuring out the writers, learning their style, pitching them a headline that will appeal to them and their readership in the right way, certain type of follow-up, and that's it. Because But anyway, <laughs> this headline should be newsworthy. Uh, so you just have to create something uh, uh, which will be very interesting to publish. But you already did. That's what you have to understand. Okay. So here's something really cool about PR. You have to realize that they need you as much as you need them. And for any of you who are writing, who are listening to me, I'm not trying to be egotistical. I, I, I hold that all of business is an exchange of value for value. So a writer needs things to write about for their audience. They're always looking for a story. It's just a matter of how you package it. Marketing is all about the presentation, right? It's how you package something. So like when I say to one of my kids, oh, you want a good story? Here's a good story, okay? This is PR, this is marketing, all in a really easy chocolate cake, okay? So when I, I'm married now for a long time, <laughs> 14 years. When I was first married and I didn't know how to cook at all. Now I'm quite a good cook, but I really didn't know. And I wanted to make this chocolate cake and I made it in one of these fancy, like, have you ever seen a silicone bunt pan? They make these like cool shapes, but they bake terribly, okay? So I made it in one of these, like, it looked like a rose. And I go to serve the cake and it's mush inside. So I serve it for, for a dinner party on Friday night. I'm, I'm Jewish, so it was Sabbath. So we had guests on Friday night. We had a, a Friday night Shabbat dinner and I serve it and I say, okay, you know, dessert is chocolate cake and everyone kind of moves it around their plate. They take a bite, but it's like mushy kind of chocolate cake. Everyone's like, that's gross. Nobody eats it. So Saturday lunch, um, Shabbat lunch, I'm like, listen, I'm a marketer. Okay. I want to market this chocolate cake, right? So I serve, I call it chocolate pudding cake. Now who's to decide that it's called chocolate cake. The person who wrote the recipe, I'm the one who cooked. Did I decide it's called chocolate pudding cake? I serve it. Half the people ask for seconds, same cake. That's marketing. You already have the cake. You have it, your peer-to-peer -peer lending, the currency. There are so many different headlines you could have in here. You could pick out any of the elements of some of the businesses that have raised funding. You could talk about the new type of lending. These are all totally stories. It's just what you call it. It's finding the right person who's interested in chocolate pudding cake. They'd never eat chocolate cake, but it's just how you say it. I mean, they'd eat chocolate, yep. it wasn't mushy. But that, that's it, that's PR. That's all of marketing, really. PR is just one of the functions of marketing. Functions, one of the tools, not functions. One of the tools. Now you're good. Yep. <laughs> you can do PR. Until this time, uh, the only cases we have been succeeded in PR were occasional. <laughs> but now you can go and do it strategically the same way you do anything else. PR yep. is, this, again, so many people think that business is, is just, you know, potluck, right? Hopefully you get lucky, you show up. It's mm -hmm. not. Again, even you're talking about riding the wave. It's not just luck. You're tapping into something. You're tapping into a wisdom greater than yours that's giving you information that, hey, this is going to end soon. Bust a move. Yep. That's strategic. I call that strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see all these articles. You're going you're gonna to tell me, SD, I did it. And it totally worked. We're all over the media now. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, okay. 
Okay, so George, all of the PR people listening and all the other people listening, if they want to find out about you and Karma and Coins and all this good stuff, where should they go to learn about you? They can go to the karma.red, very simple, karma.red. And that's it. There's a lot of social media links, the blog, uh, and also they can Google uh, my name. I'm a public person uh, since 2008. So it's very easy to find a lot of my videos and articles uh, all over the internet. Okay, amazing. So guys, we'll put all those links at sdran.com slash 60. Oh my gosh, this will be an easy one to remember. 60, sdran.com slash 60. We'll put the link to karma.red, which is with a K. I searched it myself. Um, mm -hmm. And to George's social platforms. And so George, I always like to end, I love quotes. So I always like to end by asking my guests for a quote. It doesn't have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can. It could be just a current mm -hmm. one or something on your mind. Could you share a quote with us to send everyone on their way today? My main KPI uh, for life is a happiness. <laughs> I like That's that. It. KPI for life is happiness. Yep. Guys, KPI for any of you who don't know, key performance indicator. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> so in corporate, it says like key performance indicator, is this thing working or not? And George is telling us if you're happy, it's working. Not happy, yeah. it's not working. Yeah. Really simple. Binary. A, B. <laughs> happy, not happy. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got to do. I love yeah. it. George, thank you so much for joining me. This has been amazing. You are so cool. And thank you for explaining this all to us and breaking it down so none of us, you know, go and remortgage our house to get cryptocurrency. This is very, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?